Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And guess what? I'm here again. (laughs) Hi, Kathy. This is your podcast for uh, March 8th, 2020. And we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, yes, Kathy, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, We're very excited that you are here uh, because this means that hopefully I can stump two priests for the price of one. Um, Um, I already don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see if uh, we can... uh, if we can stump you with our word of the day, which is docetism. D-O-C-E-T-I-S-M. Docetism. I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. The people who practiced docetism were called docetics. I believe you could be correct. I know I'm correct. <laughs> it's actually not in the definition on the website, but I, that would make sense. I can't tell you what they did. They were actually called Pete. <laughs> Pete. Pete. Pete the docetists. I was going to say, this is a, a little-known sect that walks through museums and meditates, <laughs> and if someone asks them questions, they do their best to answer. Because they're docetists. Docetile. Yeah. <laughs> they're docents. Docents. Yeah. I, I like it. I know that they were... They, no, I don't know. I'm not remembering... But they were a little bit off. Uh, a little bit off would be uh, uh, the closest answer anyone's given so far. Um, uh, but uh, as with many of the isms on the Episcopal uh, Dictionary website... It's uh, a no-no? It's a, it's a no-no. It's a heretical teaching. It's a heret- heresy, yes. Uh, so, uh, any any other guesses? I want to say... Hmm. After the I want to say it's one that, uh, that questioned the divinity of Jesus, but... Uh, it yeah. is. Ah. It is. Oh, it is. what a perfect one you chose. Yeah. That comes up today. It does. So, uh, this docetism is the heretical teaching about the person of Christ, which holds that Christ, the divine word, only seemed to assume the flesh of Jesus. Yeah, that's the, the term word. is from the uh, Greek doken, to seem. Jesus' life, suffering, death, and bodily resurrection were considered unreal. Uh, it thus undermines belief in the reality of the Incarnation as a doctrine of Christian faith, and the roots of docetism lie in the pervasive Greek understanding of matter as evil and of God uh, as incapable of suffering or impassive. And it goes on with some examples of who a famous docetist is and uh, some of uh, some of the punishments <laughs> that they gave for it. Um, and, but anyways, the long and short of short, I found that interesting um, because uh, it, it's one of those teachings that did try, the, the radical teaching uh, that, that uh, kind of suffered as a result of being uh, involved in, in Greek culture. Right. Because... And like right. it was, it was kind of like an impossibility. That well, no, the flesh is evil. So God incarnate would, you know. Yeah, for your average Greek, this was just common sense. Right. This yeah, that, yeah. Your your people are yeah. You people are crazy to think that this person was a person. Yeah. That would. That's not possible. And there's somewhere years ago I read about um, an icon of the that was called the icon of the laughing Jesus from this heresy, where. Mm-hmm. Is this in the definition? No, no. Oh, I was, okay. just, I was just, I was just remembering last week, which is it's different from the crying Russian Jesus. But right. go ahead. <laughs> All right, not last week's icon, <laughs> uh, but it's it's a icon that um, is heretical, and it shows Jesus sort of in a cloudish type of thing above the cross, laughing at the people who think he's dying on the cross. 
Oh, that is unnerving. Yes. Yeah, just the, the, Im- the, the mental imagery of it, of, of Jesus laughing at us, uh, yeah. <laughs> seems odd. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's more of a neener, neener, Jesus. <laughs> right, right, right. And and uh, and the 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 Dokken, uh, uh based uh, uh, heresy uh, was also kind of a reflected. Uh, well, I should say, in a way, I would think dispelled by this past week's uh, uh, gospel reading, which was like you know the temptation of Christ, yeah. which is again, if he's if he is only God, yeah. uh, then the temptation of him is laughable. Right. Which would lead to the laughing Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Silly Satan. <laughs> Tempting for kids. Um, but uh, so anyways, uh, that was our that docetism uh, um, was your word of the day. So let's. Let's uh let, let's find where our our, our tie in is then for uh for for the reading here that uh, this week. See if you can pick out where docetism uh, kind of kind of ties in as you kind of pointed out, Kathy. No, 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 it's backwards. It's backwards. Yeah, we're going to find the flip side. The flip side of it. Gotcha. Docetism. Gotcha. Ooh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Good hook. I yeah, like yeah, it. I did my Keep listening. <laughs> Keep listening to learn more. Uh, so our first reading is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4a. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Um Seems like a, 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 a fairly short and sweet uh, um, passage here, and having not gone into any of the other readings yet, uh, kind of does strike the ear as like, I wonder why this, I wonder why Genesis was <laughs> so big. What? Okay, Abram's, Abram's blessed. We we knew that, right? We 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 all we knew that. Um, it, it it's it's also interesting to me though that uh, how many times people are, are promised a, a, a land or a country to go into in, in the in the Old Testament. Um, uh, hey, no, I'm going to give you your land and leave your, leave your father's house and I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation, which, which did happen for Abraham. Yeah. Did happen. But I don't, I don't think the point of, of this reading is about being blessed. I think it's about being on a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, if you, if you look at all the readings we have today, I mean, I don't know about Romans. I can't figure out what Paul's trying to do there but um <laughs> Kathy you and I would are, are simpatico in a lot of yeah. this uh, uh Paul's writing yeah are, but anyway everything could be from, summed up on a poster most Genesis <laughs> and the psalm which we're not going to talk about but it is a song about a journey it's one of the songs mm-hmm. psalms of ascent which has to do with going up the, the pilgrimage the yeah pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. it's a pilgrimage um and the gospel is about a pilgrimage, albeit a short one. Um, but um, this thing about Abraham, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the Jewish people throughout history have moved around. They, they're, they're a wandering people. Right. However settled they may seem, they've always been wanderers. I mean, there was that whole getting out of Egypt thing. And, yeah. Um, this would have been a scary request of him like leave your father's house like uh and um, and go to the land i will give you what land right you know wouldn't you want to know where you were heading 
Just and right. poor Abraham. I mean, he's wandering for how many verses? Like, 14, hey, look, it was fourteen chapters. It wasn't forty Genesis. years, so I mean, come no, on. it wasn't forty years, but fourteen <laughs> chapters of Genesis is all about Abraham wandering around. Yeah, and um, not knowing where he's going and having to be reminded. That he's going to be blessed through this, and right, um, being promised that he's going to be the father of nations, and he doesn't even have a child, right? And it's just, I it it must have been phenomenally difficult to be him, and to do this thing. Um, something I something I read though, as I was getting ready for this, I actually did prepare some. Oh, then you're way ahead of me. <laughs> but, um. The, the actual writings in that this piece of Genesis were probably written, you know, around the 8th century B.C., so 800 years before mm -hmm. Jesus came along. Um, but they were put into their final form and were really being heavily used sometime closer to the 5th century, okay. which is when, guess what? These people were in exile again mm. in Babylon. The Babylonian hmm. exile is there. And um, I don't know, you know, when 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 the when the Jews were getting ready to go back to Israel, mm -hmm. which by now has been totally trashed. Right. Um, that's when this particular text was really coming coming into its own because you know, oral oral stories get developed and they get written and mm -hmm. they get oralized again and then they get written again. And um, so they were reading this at the, at the edge of their own big fat journey mm -hmm. that they had no idea what they were going back to. They knew it wasn't going to be the same. So, so in a way the audience might have been, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, but in, you know, on the other hand, you know, they can read that and, and Think back to Abraham, who became a model, you know, mm -hmm. somebody who was willing to do God's crazy will. Yeah. Or fulfill God's crazy dream, whatever you want to. And the trip did turn out at. okay. In the end, it In the end. Out okay. took a long time. It took a very long time. Uh, um, seems like a throwaway line, but uh, uh, any importance about, and Lot went with him? Oh, yeah, and like this guy, this guy tagged Lot. Well, yeah, Lot, Lot pops up a lot. I don't. I don't know. I'm... Lot pops up a lot. <laughs> lot oh, pops I don't up say a that lot. twice. Um, yeah, he was um, he was a cousin of Abraham. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm not sure what point in Lot's life we're talking about right now. My uh, my ability to hold a calendar in my head is pretty bad. <laughs> his name just lends itself to so many puns. Yes. It does. I'm not. I'm not sure to... what his lot in life was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make a pun right now. I'm just trying to say oh, I don't. Oh, I, I totally am. <laughs> I just don't remember where this happens um, on the calendar. I think one of the other uh, other things that's a uh, uh, it's not it's not uh, housed inside this verse, but it, it's kind of fun to talk about. Um, is the the um, why don't we talk real briefly about uh, the 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 changing of names throughout Bible stories of like this is. This is actually not technically Abraham. This is Abram. Abraham. This is before he gets his new name. Uh, and so, um, what's why? Why does that happen? Uh, Saul becomes Paul. Abram becomes Abraham. Like what? Like what? 
Simon becomes Peter. Simon becomes Peter. Like why why these why these name changes? What's the significance of that? Change of identity. That they are now marked by God to be really someone different than they were before. Mm -hmm. And that that's um, something that so many people wish they could do for themselves in their lives, but are most of the time our societal uh, rules are, no, you don't get to. Um, but on the other hand, you know, now we, someone might say, well, you know, call me Bowser because mm. I am Bowser. Right. Uh, My life has been irrevocably altered. And, yeah. And now mm. I'm going to be Bowser. Um, but on the, you know, probably a, a easier way to understand it is thinking of, I have moved to Indiana, so now I'm a Hoosier. Call me a Hoosier. Mm. Whereas before I was in Oklahoma. Another so irrevocable alteration. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a claim. It, and the person who gets the name, of course, is cooperating with that change in identity mm, that God mm -hmm. has given. Yeah, not too many name changes for people who are like, no, no thanks. Right. <laughs> not gonna... Oh, there might be some, but they don't. Or there might be some. They're just not written down. <laughs> but I, I always think back to um, you know, the very beginning of the book of Genesis where you know, God is creating all these little critters, mm -hmm. tigers and lions and bears, oh my, um, and asking Adam and Eve to name them. Mm -hmm. And he had also, God had also said, I don't know why I said he, God had also said that Adam and Eve were to be stewards of the earth. Well, all people would mm -hmm. be stewards of the earth, caretakers. caretakers. Yeah. And um, I think it's important that when you name something, it's yours. You own it. Yeah. And, you know, you name your own children when they're born. You don't just. Right. You know, pull the next name out of the catalog. Oh, gosh, the last people got Celia, and I really wanted that, but I'm stuck with something else. Right, um, right, right. And so once you've named it and claimed it, you are the steward mm. of that being. Of that identity. And so, so this is so God becoming steward of... God is becoming the steward mm. of us, really. It's sort of like becoming Mrs. God. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, it, <laughs> your statement perplexes me. Well, it does knock me. Out. First of all, first of all, we'll pull Kathy off the floor. Clearly, if we're going to make this full analogy, God is the first name, not the last. Obviously. <laughs> okay, then you become Mrs. Great. God is great. God. Um, I'll go with good. God. Um, that. As in the tradition, um, in the West anyway, of uh, often but not required, a wife takes the name of the husband, mm -hmm. the and therefore there is a covenant relationship between the gotcha. two yeah. that the person who allows their name to be changed by God also gets the benefit of the covenant relationship right. between themselves. Covenantial, I see. Yeah, that makes I sense. I think I used too much shorthand in my example. <laughs> I, I, I was a little confused with Mrs. God. Yes, uh, um, sounds like a rejected Hollywood studio script. But, uh, um, but yeah, to, to your point though, yeah, yeah, uh, naming naming something means you're yeah, because nowhere in in Genesis and and, and 
we're, we're, we're still stewards because nowhere in Genesis does is there an example of God going like, oh, you want to call that thing a platypus? Okay. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, or like changing it up. Like Garden of Eden God's like, nope, that's, a, that's your call, man. That's your Garden call. Garden of Eden wasn't in Australia. But, but uh, it still applies, yeah. So this is so so these examples of name changes that are God were uh, um, uh, not only covenantal and not only cre uh, creating kind of a stewardship over that individual, but also going like mm, I didn't like your name anyways. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. And and interjecting just really quickly, the the feature of Lot mm -hmm. here is you just some researcher the, while yeah, we were talking. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, got, that's that's one reason I said something stupid. But, <laughs> That it sets the stage for some further stories that I won't give away, but it's crucial that Lot be present at that moment. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, okay. Read your Bible, you'll see what that cliffhanger the, the, is. The stories, the stories about Lot, are, this will tie them into a broader picture yeah. as opposed to being like one-off stories. Yeah. And okay. I don't, I don't want to belabor this too much, but one other thing about these name changes mm -hmm. is that if you if you have a really cool Bible with footnotes, which I don't have in front of me right now, but um, it will tell you that the meaning of this name oh, yes. is thus yeah. and suchy, and then now you're going to be called this, the right. whatever. And it incre the, the very name increases the connection to God. Yeah, that's a cases. that's a very good point. Uh, I know a, a lot of us have a, a lot of us probably know what our name means in whatever language that it comes from, uh, which which really is though the, uh, um, was a lot more important back in in, in the day. Like yeah. now it's now it's kind of like one of those things where we're like, oh, that's sweet. Like you yeah. know, yeah. it or, means babbling brook. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but the but then it was almost then it was it was kind of like your banner. It was your yeah. it was your title. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. In a way, like, oh, you're the herald of God. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. One, of course, in the in the Gospels, there's that very explicit way in which Jesus <clears throat> says, "Okay, I'm Simon. I'm going to call you Peter, and because you're the rock, I'm going to build the church." Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's all spelled out there in a way that isn't always spelled out in the Hebrew Scriptures, but it's the same dynamic. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. This new dynamic. This yeah. New relationship. Anybody ever receive a new name and go? Huh. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This this new name means dies a violent death. Why am I getting this one? Uh, no. Never mind. Never mind. The I'm one, good. The one who you can keep toilets. your covenant. <laughs> Again, not saying that didn't happen. It's just not in the Bible. Um, well, let's move on then uh, uh, from from this. Uh, pre-covenant uh, uh, reading uh, mm -hmm. about Abram, into Romans. Uh, uh, since we uh, trashed Paul earlier, let's read what he has to say. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. I didn't, I didn't trash him. Oh, I, I did. He's beyond my comprehension. Oh, no, I trashed Which him. means he's smarter than me. Oh, okay. No, I try. I, I, I don't like to think of myself as not smart, so uh, he threatens me, and, and therefore he must be dumb, not me. Um, no, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, and 13 through 17. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. 
but to one who works sorry but to one who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly such faith is reckoned as righteousness for the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to abraham or to his descendants through the law but through the righteousness of faith and it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs faith is null and the promise is void for the law brings wrath but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and, ca life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So this is kind of a Paul pointing out, like, look, this wasn't, this wasn't, uh, um, this wasn't granted to us as a matter of like some sort of hierarchy or kingship or or any, the, the the all of these all of the things that we have have been handed down to us through Abraham as a, as a matter of his faith in God and our continued faith in God. It's not a matter of we believe the the uh, the law that 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 ends up getting handed down and therefore this is like governmental um, kingship. This mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. this is a this is a matter of uh, this is a matter of faith. Yeah, and it and it's also a matter of we have no way to comprehend what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. something that's just happening way above our heads, probably way above Paul's head, too, even though he had the nerve to write about it. Um, there's, there's nothing we can do to make God love us. There's nothing we can do to um, make God stop loving us. Mm -hmm. God's presence is always with us. That's just the way the world is. And I, I think probably part of what Paul wanted to say was just, you know, get over it, people. It's good. Yeah. It's, good. yeah. it's all good, which sometimes doesn't sound like <clears throat> Paul at all, because often Paul can sound like you got to do it this way and this way and this way. But here he's saying, look, it's done. It's a done deal. Mm -hmm. And um, also, where was that? Well, never mind. I'm not going to try to look it up. I'll just say this, that mm -hmm. um, Paul was working at, in a time and had even had a vision. Um, no, Peter had the vision. Anyway, they, you know, they were trying to decide in this time period that whether they were going to um, make Christianity as it came to be called. It wasn't called that at the time, but... Mm -hmm. The, to, if to be a follower of Christ meant you had to be a Jew first, because mm. there there are some implications that that's the case. If right. if this all belongs mm -hmm. to Abraham, you have to come to this new faith that comes out of Judaism. Um, you have to come from there somehow. And part of what Paul also wanted to say is that, you know, no, it's okay. We can we can take in new people. Um, Yeah. If um, you know, Jesus had that um, vine and branches story mm -hmm. about you know there are the 
there are these um, lovely vines, and you can be grafted on. Yeah. My, my father was a tree grafter, and it was kind of cool. We had a tree that grew both oranges and grapefruits because he had a real sense of humor about tree grafting. Um, <laughs> but but that's, that's kind of yeah. the journey, if we're going to, you know, there's journey... Motif. motif to mm -hmm. all of all of these texts and part of the journey here is people being willing called to welcome to whatever become you know the grapefruit half of the orange tree mm -hmm. um and that's that's a really important movement because the the jewish people were you know they came together as a chosen people Right. And, you know, that sounds like an exclusive club. And yeah, that that's something that had to really be opened up and um, shifted. Yeah, he kind of uh, he kind of hints at, at, at this realization, too, is that, you know, if you were handed down, I, I'm using his reference to yeah. the law as like handed down through Judaism, if it's handed down through this line, uh, uh, this family line, essentially, uh, who we all come from, then it's really, it's not so much a matter of faith. It's more a matter of like, this is duty or responsibility. It's, 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 this is, you know, it's, it's not a joyful giving of yourself anymore. It's like, it's, it's, it's what's asked of you and required of you. And because it's, it's you and only you can, can, you know, be a part of this. And that's a very obviously very different than um, the 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 motif that, that that Jesus has during his time uh, uh, on Earth, which is you know open and welcome and yeah. accepting and 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 not it, it being a labor of love rather than a labor of responsibility and 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 those kind of that kind of vibe and feel to it. And it would be very different if they had stuck with the no, you have to be Jewish first. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. well then, okay, well then that's, that's your that's your task. It sounds like your that sounds like your problem then. <laughs> and, and we know from the scriptural descriptions of the controversies in the early church that there were some Christians who felt that all the men had to be circumcised before mm -hmm. they could be considered Christian. Well, and so that's one thing that Paul's explicitly refuting. In, oh, in this chapter. In this chapter yeah. is. No, 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 no. You don't have to go that. You don't have to take that kind of. That's step. interesting because that is that that very clearly isn't the law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part yeah. of the. That was thou, sh thou one shalt of the do. marks that you that mm -hmm. you were willing to be in covenant with God, mm -hmm. and so it's it's quite radical that here Paul is saying again. This is one of the earliest Christian writings that still exists. That Paul was saying right here. No, you don't need. To have take that kind of virtual action in order to be part of the body of Christ, to use mm. again a Pauline term. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Now that I was going to ask, what, what what he's always usually trying to address some sort of hang up in his yeah. writings of like mm -hmm. you seem to be hung up on this issue. Let me mm -hmm. pull you off that hook and set you loose. Um, yeah, free you from or tie you to another one. <laughs> he does that too. Yeah, he does that too. Um, any, and I usually ask this, uh, any reason for the jump between 5 and 13, or is it just for continuity's sake of the argument? Um, or does he have a very Pauline rambling? It, 
it's so that you, we don't have a over and over you know, every that's yeah twice per sentence circumcision. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it keeps it. I said it one way. Now let me say it yeah. five other ways. And it, it keeps yeah. it kind of PG. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's move on to Matthew. All righty. Uh, we are doing Matthew this week. Uh, the other option was John, but we thumb our nose at John. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, we're sticking with our Matthew. Uh, we've been reading for Matthew, yeah. so we should continue. And as um, folks may remember, uh, who are either regular podcaster podcast listeners or attenders at Holy Family, we did not use the transfiguration passage a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and now we're picking it up there we go again part of the lectionary choices yes choices choices can still be made we're not dogmatic over That's here right. and I, I will add the third reason why we're doing this which has nothing to do with anything high flying and covering things or consistency it's just that i like the text kathy gets to speak on it and she likes well i i always ask whoever's preaching what what, if there's an option, what text do you want? So Kathy Gray chose this one. Nice. Very good. And the Sunday when we didn't use it, Kathy Scott chose the non-transfiguration text, and it's all worked out beautifully. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. We've come full circle. Yeah. Uh, and they did not consult each it's other. It's a good thing we balance our, balance each other out there. Exactly. Yeah. A Kathy to Kathy handoff. Um, a, all right, this one's Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took him... And Peter and James and his brother wait, took, with took, him. With him. took with him. Take two. Uh, <laughs> six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until the, after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Um, this is one of my, uh, uh, one of the passages or one of the s stories of the gospel that I always very much like because I, I, it, it, I, I get tickled pink by uh, um, the different disciples saying dumb things. Uh, but also, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it just lends itself to some, some, some humor. And it really, especially Matthew, really gets glossed over as far as the humor in this. Uh, because um, literally, you know, the disciples uh, the, 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 that went with him see him glow uh, and see Moses and Elijah one person who's died, one person who never died, but certainly has not been around, appear on the mountain with them, and they're like, "Ooh, let's never leave. Let's uh, let's build these ghosts' yeah. homes that they can live in." 
And uh, I don't, it's not in this translation. I forget which one it is, uh, or, or not translation. It's not in this gospel, but I'm, I, it's in one of the others where it's basic, Jesus basically says like, no, that's, that's dumb. We're not doing, <laughs> we're not doing that. Right. You know, like, you're you're going to build Elijah a home <laughs> so that, like, here on the mountain, um, uh, which is like, maybe it was, were they more meaning like a... Um, some sort of temple to go worship their appearance at or something a little bit more sacrilegious or like, why would you, why would that be your first instinct? Why would, why would building them a home? I think because when you experience something amazing, you want to keep it. You want, I mean, yeah, seriously, if I saw Moses and Elijah on the mountain next time I go hiking, I would probably, you know, at least want to, Throw a picnic or something. <laughs> sure, and but... make it last longer. And it's very, it's just very human. Um, Would, wouldn't, wouldn't the natural reaction to be to say something like, come with me, let's go, you know, let's go convert people together. Or like, this is amazing, i got to share this with someone. No. No, let me <laughs> build you something here on the ethereal plane for you to... <laughs> well, some I'm... confinement. <laughs> Well, I, I'm thinking, okay. I'm trapping a lightning bug in a jar or something? And like, yeah. Ha, I gotcha! Yeah, somewhat that, but also the um, lightning bug in the jar, and it's now clean my brain of what I was going to say. Oops, sorry. Um, but yeah, there's that dimension of let's capture the moment, mm-hmm. um, and yet we can't. And the... Example I'm thinking of is near the end of the movie Field of Dreams when the Kevin Costner character asks, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. And because he wants to go into the cornfield following the James Earl Jones character and the... Which is the right reaction. Phantom... Always follow James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Unless he's on the dark side. And <laughs> Even then. The... Uh, <laughs> The ghostly player says, no, that's not for you. You are to be here. And it turns mm-hmm. out he gets to have this very emotional reconciliation with his right. father. Um, so this is one of those things of, it's very understandable to mm-hmm. you know, maybe not even just build a, a tabernacle, a booth, but how about uh, let's get a chariot together so we can ride with Elijah and never die. Yeah. Elijah, where's your chariot? Yeah. <laughs> where's your chariot of fire? Mm-hmm. Well, this, there's not a lot of details. How many horsepower on that? <laughs> not a lot of details here, but maybe that's how he arrived. Could be. Yeah. Um, because after all, right before that, Jesus was dazzling and yes, you know, like had the sun. Probably it was actually sunny up there. Who knows? But um, you know, what really strikes me is that in in this gospel, you know, there's all this stuff happening. Jesus was transformed. Figured. I mean, we don't even know what that means. Right, yeah. Um, you know, did he turn inside out, or yeah. did he gain weight? Did he get taller? We don't know. I have a I feeling if just... he turned inside out, the passage would read slightly <laughs> right, different. Right. As opposed okay, to saying, like, his face that. shone like the sun, it would be like, something awful happened. <laughs> and my so. first instinct was not build a, build a shed that we all could live and live in this moment forever. <laughs> No, probably not. <laughs> but but we don't really know what that word means. I that's mean, true. That's, it's not that's a very word true. we use every day, is it? Right. right. Like, I was just totally transfigured by 
that vision or something. But um, So his face is shining like the sun, and his clothes are dazzling white. And there's Moses, and there's Elijah. And only Peter's response is recorded because he's usually the biggest goof of all. But... Um, and I, you know, I just always imagine Peter running up this hill behind Jesus saying, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? Why are we going up here? What's happening? You know, he's this little bumbly puppy. And, and then he becomes the kid in third grade who constantly raises his hand. And, and then when he finally ooh, gets, ooh, yeah, ooh, 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 me, 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 me. Um, and then he gets called on and he has no idea what the question was because right. he was too busy saying, oh, oh, me, me, me. Um, and so he comes up with this crazy thing, you know, not, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Or mm -hmm. how should I respond to this? But, oh, I know. Yeah, let's build houses up here on the top right. of this mountain mm -hmm. where there are no trees and whatever. Um but it's a perfectly human response. You know, it's like, aha, yeah, let's capture this. But then, you know, whatever, it, you know, the next verse, um, suddenly there was, you know, a bright cloud who interrupted Peter's yabbering. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a bright cloud overshadowed them. That's, that's kind of an odd phrase to me. A bright cloud overshadowed them. Seems like it would cast light, but whatever. Um, and then the clouds started talking. Yeah. And then all three disciples just face down in the rocks. You know, it's like, ah, boom, down they go. Um, <clears throat> they, they weren't. They weren't overwhelmed by this stuff happening. They were hanging in there with them. They were like, yeah. wow, wow, wow. Okay, no more. Yeah. You know, I'm yep. done. I. It's just too much. Yeah, it, it kind of does seem like the cloud was like, "Shut up, Peter, and listen to <laughs> listen to Jesus." Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's almost like okay, Moses and Elijah wasn't enough. We gotta right, really right. make it explicit to you, yeah, Peter. It's, just it's shut it's up just, and listen. It's not about you, Peter. <laughs> it's it's really kind of phenomenal. I think. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, so they're all just hitting the deck here, and and then. Jesus walks over, and he just touches them. Mm -hmm. And that idea of being touched by Jesus, I mean, it, it's all over the place through all the Gospels. Yeah. You know, he touched this person, he physical, touched that physical person. Physical contact. And, and they're healed, or they're changed, or they're whatever it is. And, and then, you know, the do not be afraid. There it comes. Right. Get up and do not be afraid. Again and again and again through all of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid. Every time any kind of God presence comes into the picture, people start fainting <laughs> and hitting the ground and pulling up the covers and whatever else. And then there's the do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And somehow it works. I mean, it's four words. Yeah, he's very calming. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, and and it's just well, we just did it, you know. We're blah, 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 and then all of a sudden we're like, and then he touched them, mm -hmm. yeah. and this is exactly how it works. Everything pulls back together, and you have your memories, and you've had this amazing vision. You've heard God speak, mm -hmm. and then you take a deep breath and you get back to real life, 
daily life, which is absolutely packed with God from beginning to end. That's just how life is. Life is full of God. And we don't faint over it until it becomes super obvious or jumps into our face and right. overshadows Tells us. Tells us to whatever. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, they look up and they just, all they see is Jesus. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I mean, that that would be a moment of great relief, I would think. Even if it's exciting to see these things going on, and, and you want to keep it, and you want to keep it, but then you realize, it's like, no, I, I can't live at that level of adrenaline all my life, or yeah. I would explode. Jesus, in my opinion, uh, missed a fantastic opportunity to make them really doubt themselves. Because <laughs> they look up... Get up! Don't be afraid. Like no one's there. <laughs> Instead of saying like, uh, you know, speak to no one about this vision that you've had or anything. You, you just, what are you Ooh. talking about? Who? I didn't see anything. Who was there? Oh, that'd be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm well Jesus. I mean, I mean, I say that to my kids all the time. I mean, <laughs> what? But but to that point though, like, what's what's the purpose of tell no one? He does this a couple oh. of times in different gospels. Yeah. But he but. Don't tell anybody about this miraculous thing, and it's it, it it doesn't feel as though like it's because no one will believe you. It, you know, it, it feels as though it's like there's like some sort of meaning behind not telling anybody. I have a plan, or there's mm -hmm. a reason. Uh, um, what? Why does he do that? Well, like, I I think a couple of things. Um, I, I really think it's because Jesus knew, smart man that he was, um, that nobody was going to believe it yet. Mm. It was an experience tucked away for when it would make some sort of sense to the rest of the people who would hear this story. Um, Matthew was written pretty early in the first century. And in the first century, there, there wasn't the same... This is where we get backwards with, with docetism. Um, mm -hmm. People, the Jews who were becoming these new Christians, yet unnamed, um, were carrying with them not some sense of, oh my goodness, this man was God born to earth, even though they had those you know, narr birth narratives. Mm -hmm. But it's John who said, God became flesh. These are not the people who are understanding God's teachings. For one thing, they hadn't been written down yet. I mean, right. John's teaching. Yeah. Um, these were people who were getting the early version. And nobody was quite sure what that resurrection thing might have meant. But their understanding of Jesus was that he was a human being, born naturally as a human being, mm -hmm. even though God's spirit was somehow involved in making it happen. But he was born as a human being, and he lived as a human being. Therefore, he was very capable of being tempted. Right. But he was also chosen from chosen by God and really took that seriously. Uh, yeah, you have to wonder what his name had been, and then they changed it to something else. But, I mean, his name was specially chosen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um because of who he was, it was his identity, but it didn't mean he was God. And these first century Jews who were gathered around Matthew's version of the story, and this did happen, you know, 
different communities gathered around different gospels and di not really the gospels but different teachings and mm -hmm. different communities um and you know so they didn't have this idea that jesus was god right that's came along later and <clears throat> and so this story definitely needed to wait until crucifixion resurrection had happened because there's something about that that sort of wraps up the story of Jesus' relationship to God. And to say, hey, you know, guess what just happened? Right. Ten minutes ago, we were up on this mountain and amazing things happened and Jesus became someone else. And, you know, maybe is that the same appearance he took on after the resurrection? I don't know. Because hmm. we don't know what he looked like after the resurrection, except himself, um, eventually. But... You know, this telling this story wouldn't make any sense. It would be like putting your vacation photos of Mars on Facebook <laughs> and saying, "Look what happened!" And it's like, "How did you even get to Mars?" You know, it's, right? Yeah. The pictures don't make sense because I have never been to Mars. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really have the tools to handle the concept of God incarnate, right? right. Like they, no, they, they didn't. it was it was something that that was completely. Unable to comprehend, they're completely unable to comprehend, mm -hmm. uh, and oftentimes I think we lose sight of that because we're viewing it through the lens of you right. know two thousand years of ponderance of who he yeah. was and how and, he came to be, and, and, and in our own lifetimes, years of pondering. yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, they, they, so this was Jesus going. Don't think about it yet. Yeah, You're not ready. Put this yeah. in your memory right. bank, and right, and it'll come it. back later. But mm -hmm. don't. Don't try to make sense of this or your head's going to explode. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Who then, is this guy? And you won't be able to tell it accurately. Right. Well, and, and nobody will have the, the brain fix to believe what they're saying yeah. anyway or to understand it early. Yeah. What were you eating that morning for breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it will be meaningless if not ridiculed. Yeah. And right. It would turn people away. Or, or you know, potentially... Could have had a different uh, uh, outcome. I mean, if 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 uh, if it, if people were to believe this story ahead of time, crucifixion story would have been very different. If people believed that he was on a mountain and met Moses and Elijah, and seemed to be some sort of ordained by God, I don't know as if they would have allowed things to anything oh, to happen. Would, he would have been. Um... The whole crucifixion resurrection thing i think well maybe without resurrection the whole crucifixion thing i think would have happened much sooner much sooner because well, the authorities would have gotten you know if the disciples are running all over town talking about this thing right and they hear the name elijah's of jesus, back i saw him <laughs> and they but if they heard the name of jesus around, they were already <laughs> suspicious and touchy about him mm -hmm. and it could it would have been yeah. like ah done way too early in the story yeah well, in the other end, um, perhaps hundreds of people would have been crucified alongside Jesus who were believing in this transfiguration That's story. That's a good point. So it could be that Jesus saved many, many lives by not allowing this to be said yet. And because certainly early Christians risked martyrdom. Sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. Not long yeah. after the... Might have also shifted focus. Yeah. 
as opposed to like, oh, you know, Je- you know, Jesus was there, and I was told to listen to him, but Elijah was there. Yeah, Elijah's maybe Elijah's back. Maybe Elijah's the, you know mm-hmm. the the, yeah. the Messiah. And, maybe you know yeah, maybe it was yeah. Moses. Maybe it was yeah you know and, and would have muddled muddied the waters quite so. Yeah, and in, you have to also remember that what the what the Jews were looking for in this time period was not for God to become human, but for God to send a Messiah, somebody who would liberate them. And again, mm-hmm. they're living in captivity. Right, they're in their own land. Establish right now, a nation, but. You know, the Romans have come and fenced them in and turned them into a different group of people than they wanted to be. And so they were they were waiting for liberation, not for magic. Right. Very good. Well, uh, I believe I feel transformed. Well, uh, by this as long as you don't just, feel you have one more thing. One more thing. It's it's only partially facetious. I wonder after Peter said his thing, if James and John said, "Doggone it, Peter's ruined it again by opening his mouth." <laughs> I had so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> if it hadn't been for Peter, we'd be able to tell all our friends. Right. Or you know, or yeah, could have had a little Q and A with Moses and exactly. Elijah. Exactly. It would be like uh, God coming back and like you can ask one question, and a four-year-old pipes up and be like, "Why is the sky blue?" Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah. We could have asked so many important questions. Exactly. <laughs> stupid, stupid four-year-old. <laughs> you ruined it. Thanks, Peter. Right. Now Elijah's gone, and I can never ask him that burning question I've always had. That's, mm-hmm. a, fu- that's a funny idea. All right. Well, then this uh, this concludes our transforming uh, conversation. It's of transfiguring. Transfiguring. <laughs> sorry. Try. Sorry. He didn't say transformed. I thought we were going to transform. <laughs> well, that's in there somewhere. Yeah, transfigured. You're right. It is transfigured. He is. Yeah, it turned inside out. I know it's transfiguration. And, uh, transfiguration. Transfiguration. Uh, no, uh, this is uh, this was your uh, podcast for March eighth. Uh, 2020. We look forward to uh, seeing you either at 8 or at 10 o'clock. Uh, we have a, a adult forum in between as well. Uh, lots of activities going on uh, around the church too, so feel free yeah. to visit our, our website at uh, uh, Holy Family Fishers. Holy Fam- oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. HolyFamilyFishers.org or HFEC.org. Yes. Thank you for bailing so, me out. Write down the <laughs> HFEC thing and then if you live within the confines of this continent, mm. the North American continent, yes. well, at least the below Canada part, mm-hmm. um, don't forget to set your clocks. Yes. Yes. Spring forward Saturday Spring evening. Spring forward, lose a good hour of sleep. You know what? Just go ahead and do it is. now. Well, as soon as you hear this, <laughs> just get a head start. You have a long to-do list. Let's knock that one out and just hand, spring forward. All the people under our age group that just lives, live by their... Phones, they'll be fine. Yeah, don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. Continue on as normal. Go to church at 7. <laughs> Pray early. Pray often. Uh, well, th- thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And I'm still Kathy. We'll be forever. <laughs> we'll touch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.